0: Well, for our visitors, we want to say yeah, you're very welcome in this place. i glad you've come at this particular time, uh, this particular season. Um, I, my, my heart is just even kind of racing right now because this is such a precious and beautiful time of the year for us. Um, it's even better than Christmas. Uh, as we recognize that um, not only has our Savior come, but that he has uh, come to save us, and he has borne the consequences and the re- and reality of that salvation, and he offers, offers that to us freely. And so this week will be a great week for you to go through the swing of emotions, um, the uh, fulfillment of God's promises, and the promise of more. And so uh, we hope that you can participate with us as we um, get to experience this time together, as we come together on uh, tonight. Um, and, and, and get to unveil the Stations of the Cross um, as we uh, come together on Thursday and Friday and on Sunday. Um, I hope that you can uh, journey with us together as we get to enjoy this time of year. And it's such a blessed time, and we're always exhausted when it's over with, but it is uh, a beautiful time of the year. We'd love to share it with you. And if you're a visitor today, this is a great community in which to share that. Um, Today we are we're continuing our study in Luke chapter, it will be in Luke chapter 13, we're in the book of Luke. Um, so if you'll turn there, if you have these black Bibles, um, we're on page 872 and 873. We find in this story um, there's been a, a, a move in the way Luke is telling this story and he is, he is always pulling our attention and giving us hints along the way that Jesus is on his way to the cross. And in verse 22, it says, And Jesus went on his way through towns and villages, teaching and journeying towards Jerusalem. And so very very fitting in our schedule as we look towards Jesus coming to Jerusalem. As we celebrate this day, this Palm Sunday, Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. So this is, we're catching this week in the life of the the calendar of the church, Jesus' entrance into the kingdom. And as Miss Elaine said to me uh, right before I came up, you know, uh, on this day they were shouting, Hosanna! And on Friday they're going to shout, Crucify Him! And so we are marching towards Jerusalem and then in verse 23 is where this story really picks up. And, it, and someone said to him, Lord, will those who are saved be few? I, I like how it starts out here, and someone. We don't know who he was, who she was, what their background was. We can only imagine. And so for this someone, more than likely they are a Jewish person. And they have all of the understandings of Jewish theology at, that they are bringing to this question. And they are asking Jesus, so in terms of who gets saved, is it few? And this Jewish person probably, if you were to ask them this question, if you were to turn the question, what do you think would be, they would probably say yes and no. <laughs> they would say, yes, it's going to be few. There are going to be few in the world because it's going to be us that's saved. So the answer in one regard is there will be few. There will be only us who are saved. But on the other hand, they may say, yes, of us, it's going to be everybody. <laughs> it's not going to be few. In fact, in the mission in, uh, in uh, uh, Sanhedrin 10.1, there's a a reference to the fact that the Jews thought all of them were going to make it except for the really bad ones. (laughs) So there's some really bad Jews. Of course, they're not going to make it. The guys on the cross, they're not going to make it. But for the rest of us, all you have to do is really be one of us. So maybe that was part of the question. Maybe a trick question even. Is it few? And they would say, of us, it would be might near, as we say in Texas, everybody. But for them, it'll be few. So it was a pretty loaded question to throw at Jesus and how will we respond? I wonder if this someone who said this to Jesus may have already detected in Jesus maybe a turn from what was believed by the masses. That maybe Jesus was preaching something that was much more specific and that there wouldn't, there wouldn't be a lot, but there would be a few. Because Jesus was calling them to some, some radical things from what they were doing. John the Baptist had gone before him and been preaching for them to turn. And he wasn't just saying it to, to the Romans, right? He was saying it to the Jewish people. In fact, he calls them a brood of vipers. Vipers probably aren't going to be in the kingdom. So he's calling everyone to turn turn away from their ways repent and turn to this new kingdom work. Now, the someone in that day was probably this a Jewish man or woman. The someone in our day is someone maybe different. There are lots of someones who may be asking that question. You're asking it too. Are there going to be a lot of people in the kingdom? Are there a lot of people who are in the kingdom? Or are there just a few? Today we have in, in many generations, the pluralist, the one that says there are many different religions and they, they have, all have merit. And I don't know about you, but I've thought about this before too. What about these people who are faithful in their religious beliefs? Is the God of Islam and the God of Christianity the same God? We have many of the same, same foundations. We have some of the same scriptures that overlap. There are a lot of good in other religions. Is there many ways to heaven? Are there many doors to get in? In fact, there's a series that came out in 2015 that Oprah Winfrey Winfrey produced. And the goal of it was to show how there's value in all different religions and all different perspectives. And so you have this kind of cadre of different worshipers and they are interacting and living life together, and it's great. They are interacting and being open to each other, and understanding, and seeking seeking truth in each one. And 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 many uh, and many uh, of those religions say, you know, that person does represent well what we believe. So it seems very even-handed and fair-minded. It, this attitude of. Of being tolerant of all kinds of people in all kinds of circumstances, especially as it pertains to what you believe. Uh, there's a someone who's labeled themselves a, a Christian, a Christian progressive, uh, and wrote about was was commenting on this series called "Belief," um, and, and she said. Uh, Diane Butler Bass said this. She said she calls this movement nothing less than a global spiritual revolution, this, this movement to consider all as the same. All around the world, people are discovering these are her words. All around the world, people are discovering that God, or the gods or the goddess or the spirit of all, is nearer than has often been taught, and that the divine can be accessed by anyone anywhere. She goes on to say, human beings can trust themselves. Uh, human beings can trust themselves to find God and grace wherever the sacred might be discerned. So if Diane Bass were to he ask her that question, she would say, aren't there many, maybe even all, who will be saved? If you've been to a funeral, especially like in the south, somewhere around in Brenna, if you've been to many funerals, uh, I've been at many of them. I've sat up in the pulpit with a bunch of preachers, and it's been one of my, my pleasures to do and be a part and be asked into those moments. But if you were to listen and take a, a survey, I, I would say 95% of them are all going to heaven <laughs> if you listen to the preacher. And as you sit there, And you know the story, and everyone knows about this person. You go, I don't know how in the world. They had no experience, and they didn't purport to be anything. In fact, they were oftentimes so against the things of God, and you you wonder, but it's really hard, isn't it? It's hard, preacher. To go preach those funerals because everyone is mourning their loss, and you don't want to say it's going to be few. Because if you say it's few, that doesn't go well. That's not very comforting, is it? So, very rarely is this scripture <laughs> preached. But there's often all kinds of things like we can't wait to see them again. Family members come up and say we can't wait to see them again. We will be with them forever. God has them in their hands. They're they're at peace. They say all these things, and their answer would be, no, it's not a few. The kingdom of God will have all kinds of people that lived all kinds of ways, evidenced by our friend who's here. It's a hard place to be. For you and me, we, we hate to think of the consequences for our friends and And our family and and neighbors, we want the the answer to be, yes, many. Everybody, especially them and especially us. Especially us. Someone, someone asked that question. Are there going to be a few who will be saved? Jesus answers. Are there going to be a few? And Jesus says, Strive to enter through the narrow door. For many, I tell you, will seek to enter and will not be able to. When once the master of the house has risen and shut the door and you begin to stand outside and knock at the door saying, Lord, open to us. Then he will answer you. I do not know where you came from, where you come from. Then you will begin to say, We ate and drank in your presence and taught in your streets. But he will say, say, I tell you, I do not know where you come from. Depart from me, all you workers of evil. Jesus says to strive through the narrow door. It reminds us, in fact, for, for you great Bible scholars, as you're listening to that, you think he's probably going to say something else because we, the, the thing that we quote, the scripture we quote most often is Matthew chapter 7, 13. It says, enter by the narrow gate. You remember this passage. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction and those who enter it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life and those who find it Are few, And so when Jesus says the the door is narrow, our minds go there, and they should. Because that's Jesus' attitude. In fact, maybe this someone has heard Jesus say that and wants to question him on it again. Not exactly what are you saying. And Jesus is saying the road is narrow. There's only going to be a few on the life, on the road that leads to life. The the door is narrow. But for others, the, the, the road is wide. For the rest, for the rest, they can do whatever they want, go wherever and do whatever they want, but that road leads to destruction. And there are many who are on that road, and our hearts break, right? There are many who are on that road. Jesus is saying the door is narrow, it is narrow because it is precise. And that Jesus is the only way. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but through me, through the door. The door is narrow because there is only one way. You know, uh, some of you have been to my house. We have a, a big red door. Our guests come through the red door. But if you come in my back door, we could have problems. You see, none of my friends come through the back door. If you're coming through the back door, I'm probably getting a bat. (laughs) Because no one should be going through my back door. They should be going through my front door. There are no other doors that lead to heaven. There is no back door. For those who enter in, never leave. And for those who go around, there is no door. There is no other door to the kingdom. The door is singular. You must come through Jesus. He's the only way. We'll find out the re- reason why that is in just a minute. Jesus says for us to go through the narrow door. Some would think that it'd be rather intolerant, unloving to say such a thing. But it isn't. Jesus says earlier in, in Luke thirteen three that we are to repent and turn to him. That we are to look at our lives and say, I've been going this way, but Jesus is here. I'm going to turn from those things and turn towards Jesus. I'm going to go towards the door. And Jesus says, if you knock, what? The door will be opened unto you. Jesus is not saying, I'm trying to keep people out. He's saying, come unto me. Come unto me! Come to me! And as we knock, the door is open to us. As we seek him, we find him. Turn towards Jesus. I'd like for us to think for just a minute On the view on the outside of the door and the view on the inside of the door. On the outside of the door, we can see a door that is narrow. And we say, how could a God act like that? A God of love act like that towards us? Why would he make the door narrow? Why not wide? Why not many doors? That seems like the best thing for us. But I want to tell you, if you're on the other side of the door, things don't look like that at all. On the inside of the door, looking out, you see a world that is going its own way, that has no regard for the things of God. In fact, if you were to say, okay, if you believe that, then just stop sinning. Quit offending him. How would we do with that? Not very well. We are an offense to the things of God because we go our own way. So from inside, looking out, the world is lost. And for the wages of that sin is death. There's no reason anyone on the outside of the door should be let let in. But Jesus says, I am going to make a way for you if you will only come. And so the walk to the cross, that Jesus is going to endure such pain that as he's going to go, first his his friends leave him, uh, friends betray him, He is beaten. He is mocked. He has the opportunity in the garden to say, Lord, let this cup pass from me. I don't want this, Lord. And and for him to say, I give it up. I don't want to go through that. But Jesus says, this is the only way. This is the only way that you can be at peace with the Father, that you can receive forgiveness that you can enter into my glorious kingdom. This is the only way. If there were more ways, why didn't Jesus just say, yeah, I'm going to let it pass? Wouldn't you? Is Jesus a fool if there were other ways? No, this is the only way that will bring redemption and peace. And so Jesus was willing to give up everything, so that we might enter in through the door. Jesus took the narrow way to make a way for us. There are real consequences for those who don't enter. The Bible says the master closes the door. And and this is the idea that one of two scenarios happened. One either... When we, when we die, the door is then closed. There's not another opportunity. Or when Jesus returns, the opportunity has been shut. It is, you have not made the decision. And for those who are on the outside, there's a terrible consequence. It says that they would be weeping, and they will be weeping, and they will be gnashing of teeth. And I, I kind of understand that the weeping is... The fact that they're able to see what has happened. In fact, they say that you'll see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You'll see these fathers. You'll see the prophets. You'll see uh, the people. And there'll be such a great loss that they'll be weeping. And there'll also be such anger at God for, for, for them being there. And the anger that has been simmering since their birth. That they will gnash their teeth angry at God. It's amazing when we hear these kinds of illustrations and pictures of what it's going to be, why doesn't the whole world just say, I turn to Jesus? I don't know. I think that's why there'll be gnashing of teeth, a continued disrespect, hate for the things of God. And then this story gets even a little more curious. He says, In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham, and Isaac, and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourselves be cast out. This good Jewish man is counted in that number, it sounds like. And people will come from east and west and from north and south and recline at the table in the kingdom of God. I think this is harking back to that original question, right? Who will be will it be few or will it be many? And God is saying, and Jesus is saying, there will be many. There will be people from all walks of life, from all different parts of the world, of different nationalities and ethnicities, different income. They'll come from east, west, north, and south, from all kinds of places, and they will recline at the table. They won't just be Jews, they'll be those who have turned to Jesus. And he says, Behold, some are last who will be first, and some are first who will be last. You know, we use that thing, use that kind of expression when we like are lining up for a potluck. That's when we bring that out, right? Like, okay, I'm last in line for the entrees, but I'm going to be first in line for the dessert. That's not what Jesus is talking about, right? He's saying that there are those who seem so far away, unlikely to be invited in the kingdom, but because of my grace and mercy, I've died for them. And there may be people in here today who seem so far away. Your life has been so far away. I wish Elijah was here. He'd be shouting right now because I know that he was under a bridge, almost dead. And God said, no, no, you're still mine. And he turned from his ways and he followed after God. Maybe you've been so far off, and you, you look at your life, and you say, I've done too many bad things. I, I haven't acted right. I've ruined so many relationships. I want to tell you, Jesus is standing through a door saying, come in. I want you who are so far off. And you look at your family members, and you look at your friends, and you say, they're so far off. <laughs> Amen. They're coming for Easter. They're so far off. Pray for them. Because God is calling even the people from the north and the south and the east and the west so far off. And those who are last, we're going to make it first into heaven. And then there are those who look so good. This is troubling because we got a lot of people who look good. Amen. You're You're last now. I'm sorry. I mean, people who have been in church, who served in certain ways, who served probably for all the wrong reasons, and they never actually turned to Christ. And in that day, they'll be turned away. If there was organ music, it'd be playing right now. Because that's heavy on our hearts. So how do I, how do I, is that me? You should be asking that question. Is that me? Or have I said no to this way? I'm giving up those idols and I'm turning towards Jesus. He's my only hope. And if he doesn't save me, Nothing else will. You you look towards behind Jesus' shoulder and you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, these men of faith who were not always good characters, but they continued to trust and believe and walk towards Jesus. Seek, knock, the door will be opened unto you. Not because we do good, but because he's good, he calls, calls us to him. Walk towards Jesus. Let him open the door. Oh, what a beautiful picture. Let him open the door for you and I invite you to come in. You know, as you uh, hear this sermon, for many of us, we grew up in churches that this was the only sermon they preached. Right? After every service, this was the sermon. As we look through the Bible, we come to this passage, and so we preach this sermon because there are people in this room who need to come to Jesus. We preach this sermon because there's people outside this room who need to come to Jesus. But I'm afraid that nothing I say up here can move your spiritual stupor or the malaise that is on your life spiritually. I could, I could shout this a little louder, John Dowling, amen. I can shout this a little louder. I can get a little more emotional. I can paint the picture of the pain and suffering it is for those who do not follow after Jesus. I can go a little bit further in this preaching But unless the Spirit of God is speaking to you, it will mean nothing. But I pray that if the Spirit of God is speaking to you right now, that you turn to Him. 2 Corinthians says that today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. And He's extending it to you. If the Spirit is moving in your heart right now and says, listen to that. That's what I've done for you. I've made a way for you. Then today, turn to Jesus. Today is your day. Turn to Jesus and follow him and say, I give up the rest of this stuff. And You're going to have hard days and you're going to fail along the way. Amen. That's what, that's what it is. But turn your eyes towards Jesus. Let him open the door for you. If the spirit is speaking to you today, I know i faltered up here. But the spirit is speaking. You know, you should know that God wants you in this kingdom. Turn to him and follow. Let's pray.